0: Giver, homemaker presently.
1: Could you tell us a little bit about your family?
0: Yes. uh, My husband and I uh, have lived here for 22 years this summer. We have two adult children living with with us (laughs) currently. One is our 28-year-old son who has minor special needs and our daughter who has Down syndrome, and she will be 25 this summer.
1: Back in uh, late 2019, early 2020, uh, can you tell us about your day-to-day life for you and your family? Sort of what was your daily routine? Certainly.
0: Uh, my husband was um, going to work in office in uh, the town of Summerside, um, and he would drop our daughter off daily at a day program for handicapped adults, which she attended from roughly 8.30 to 3 o'clock every day. I was basically the glue to hold this all together. Um, I believe our son had just moved back in with us and was trying to get into the armed forces to train as a financial officer.
1: How long had your daughter been in this day program?
0: In the day program since she graduated from high school at age uh, almost 18. So it would have been several years earlier, three years, I guess, roughly.
1: So she knew the routine pretty well and and the people that worked there?
0: Absolutely, it was a very small program. And so there were only uh, small numbers of people in the program. Um, She became princess to them very quickly. She was a very young client compared with most of the uh, attendees.
1: And you said your daughter has Down syndrome, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes,
0: she does, as well as some other uh, comorbid uh, uh, diagnoses. She has uh, sensory integration dysfunction. And although she's never been assessed, we think she's inherited some of my husband's diagnoses. We see her ticking, and she doesn't have great attention skills. (laughs) So we think she has ADHD as well.
1: Would you say that routine is pretty important for her?
0: Absolutely. Um, Any medical professional would attest, and any parent of a special needs child or an adult, would attest to the fact that they need predictability uh, because they don't uh, cope with change. They don't learn as quickly new routines. So any threat to that routine um, over uh, a longer period of time can really compromise uh, their stress levels.
1: So in 2020, when PEI began implementing COVID-19 measures, uh, did that impact your daughter's routine?
0: Oh, absolutely. She wasn't allowed to go to her day program for quite a while. Uh, I began to see uh, her having signs of mild depression. Uh, She would uh, occasionally have crying jags or be overly sensitive to normal comments being made in our day-to-day lifestyle. she just seemed to be more mopey, if <laughs> that's a, a good English word to use. Um, yeah, yeah. And of course, that affected us as her parents. Um, generally, when you have a special needs child, you're already stressed to the max. Uh, there's, there's a lot of detail involved in that, which I won't bore you with. But um, shortly after we moved here, for example, the IWK, that'd be 22 years ago, sent us a letter saying that. Anybody who had a child who'd had open heart or brain surgery um, would be traumatized and would become hypervigilant about their health, their uh, their mental state, you know, their emotions more than the average parent. So not only were we dealing with uh, the grief associated and the stress associated with having a special needs delayed child, but the medical condition that she had been through or the surgery had compromised our state of mind as well. So, so t- if anything happens to her that affects her emotional state or, or her physical health, both of us are deeply affected by that. That's just since the get-go.
1: So to be clear, your daughter had had uh, heart surgery very young? Yes, at 10 weeks of age, yeah. And in your, your observation was that this sort of information pamphlet was correct for you and your husband. The impact was oh, that?
0: absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It gave us a reason to pat ourselves on the back because we, we knew then we weren't crazy.
1: <laughs> so every time any sort of slight change or, or health issue, it sort of made you hyper vigilant. It was kind of an yep. increased impact. Oh yeah, the slightest little thing, right. and you know, certainly I, as her mother, um,
0: because I had been uh, been taking care of her more hands on than, of course, my husband was, because he was the breadwinner and still is. So uh, definitely affected me, and I know it affected my husband.
1: And how long did these impacts, the, these changes in your daughter's mood, uh, last?
0: Um, There's still some residual effects. Um, To this day, you know, a couple years after she was able to go back to her program, if we have a snow day or if there's any kind of cancellation that's out of the normal routine, um, she seems a little concerned, a little uh, anxious, and I often have to reassure her that it's just because of the snow and they just cancel schools because it's not dangerous to drive, et cetera, et cetera. And then she seems reassured, but I don't remember her ever questioning that in fact previous to this time she would go whoo day off you know like a typical teenage kid was
1: <laughs> so since the pandemic you've noticed that if there's a change in routine or if the if there's a cancellation in her day program it's more stressful yes. for her yeah
0: yeah if it's out of the normal routine like you know um, christmas holidays um uh, gosh i'm trying to think what else they get off right? i guess that's about it really um and she's so excited about Christmas that that was never a big issue for us, So, um, or for her. But definitely now I see a difference in her behavior, yeah, there's snow. And it's funny, I just noticed that this winter, I don't know if I was even cognizant of it last year. We were too concerned about other issues, of course, you know. Um, but it's definitely affected, definitely affected her. Um, I'd say her state of mind isn't hasn't completely recovered now.
1: And you mentioned your husband's diagnosis. Um, Yes. Can you speak about that? Yeah,
0: absolutely. He was diagnosed several years ago at a private clinic in the U.S. uh, with ADHD. I'm just looking at my notes. Um, A learning disability, OCD, post-concussion syndrome, uh, a tick disorder, and a mood disorder. Um, He does deal with some chronic anxiety on top of all that. And um, he was given some trials with uh, pharmaceuticals since that diagnosis. But what we discovered was... For example for one of the diagnoses, if he was given a drug um, it would exacerbate the symptoms of one of the other diagnoses so we learned over several months and well actually a couple of years that that wasn't going to work so we've developed uh, kind of a naturopathic approach to it of supplements uh, vitamins uh, exercise fresh air um, and it seems to kind of keep everything at bay um, during and after the Um, Actually, at the beginning of the lockdowns, um, when he had to work out of the home, and Michaela was home, that's our daughter, (laughs) Um, he started having sleep problems, um, and that's a first for him. He's not a young man. He's 66 now. and He would have been in his early 60s during the lockdowns, of course. And he got a sleep medication, but after trying it for several months, it started making some of his symptoms worse as well. So we we slowly had to kind of ease him off of that. To this day, he's still having not as bad sleep problems, but he still has trouble getting to sleep and staying to sleep at night. And that was never really an issue with him up to that point. Usually, just as soon as he hit the pillow, and um, can you and I would know immediately because I could see that. So yeah, this is all brand new for us.
1: What aspect of the uh, the COVID measures do you think impacted his sleep? Or what was the connection? Well, just the
0: stress. Just the stress. I mean, the lockdowns were frustrating, having to wear masks everywhere. Um, He had had some nursing training, and he did quite well in the academic end of it. He's a very bright man. Uh, And we both were privy to the fact that, um, for example, with the vaccines... um, I'm sorry, I'm getting confused here. If a person had had vaccines, according to standard immunology, that was known at the time and now, if they work, then if you're exposed to anything that you're immunized for, you should manifest little or no symptomology. So if you're carrying that virus or disease, uh, certainly that would be more of a danger. So it made sense to us that a vaccinated person would be more of a danger to other people if they
1: were carrying. and, and we at had, pretty, sorry, go ahead. No, nope, sorry, did you, had your husband's routine changed as well then? He was impacted. So oh, well, he, yes, he had to work at home. He still
0: is, as a matter of fact. Um, he's a, a federal government employee. So um, he wasn't getting out and being exposed to, uh, you know, getting back and forth to work or running errands on the way home, things like that, that had been part of his life. And just the stress of not knowing well, what the heck is going on, you know, um, in our world? I mean, we all were following everything. Um, and I just saw his behavior go from s- sort of in control to worse. And it's, it's kind of been worse since then, like he's more difficult to deal with since that time. It's not as bad as during the lockdowns, uh, certainly, but he's still... His symptoms just seem to be worse at times than I remember in previous years. So that's hard on the family. It's hard on the children. It's hard on me. Certainly, you know, I have to make up any deficits and I can't work outside the home. I haven't been able to for quite a few years because of uh, his disabilities as well as our daughters. But um, yeah, we're all feeling it. (laughs) Definitely. You know, Um, my own mental health has been compromised. I see uh my sleep disruption happening more regularly than it used to up to that point
1: as well and you spoke a bit about the vaccines you're referring to the COVID 19 vaccines yeah
0: absolutely yeah yeah at first we thought we weren't going to take them (laughs) uh, knowing what we knew and a little bit of research we've been doing Um, but then his job um, required him to take it in order to keep being employed by this particular department um, our daughter had to be vaccinated in order to return to the day program eventually. The first year wasn't such a big issue because there was no vaccine available and we had to just deal with it. But um, once it was available, they they were uh, insisting absolutely that she had to have this. So I decided I better too because our in-laws, my husband's family members, his sisters insisted that we wouldn't be allowed to visit his mother in Nova Scotia, unless we were all vaccinated. So we just said, oh, the heck with it, we'll do it. And we did.
1: And when did you take the, the COVID vaccine?
0: I was the probably the last person in our family to take it because I wasn't being forced to keep a job or anything. Um, my last one, and I only took the first two, I haven't taken any subsequent boosters. I believe it was either late November or early December of 2021. And I had the usual side effects from the first one, with a little bit of fatigue and sore arm, stiff arm, for a few days. The second one, as soon as the pharmacist gave me the shot, during that process, it was like liquid fire going into my arm. And I said, ow, quite loudly. I said, that really hurt it. I said, did you break the tip of the needle or something? And the guy who gave it to me, the pharmacist, he didn't seem to be concerned in the least. He just put the Band-Aid on it, you know, alcohol swelled in the, the Band-Aid, and just said, wait 15 minutes in the store, so we make sure you don't have any kind of, you know, bad side effect immediately and i didn't i went home uh and i had the usual symptoms i had with the first one the the fatigue and the sore arm for a few days but since that time um regularly i've had either a sharp fiery pain right on the 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 spot where the the vaccine went in or like an achy feeling and that happens several days a week some weeks worse than others
1: so that was Uh, approximately over a year ago now Oh, sorry? That would be over a year ago now from the time that you took the second vaccine. Yeah, to... yeah,
0: yeah. Well I had what, November, December, so a year and a third roughly. Okay. Yeah.
1: And how soon after you took the vaccine did you start having those symptoms?
0: Oh, right away within the first two or three weeks. It was like I just figured it was taking longer to to get rid of the initial side effects from you know what which we were told to expect. But it just never went away with me completely.
1: So it still bothers you today?
0: Yeah, oh yeah. Like today, it's just like I've had a really good sleep last night. So, uh, but it's still like it doesn't hurt to touch. Like I can actually bump into something, but it's almost like there's a piece of something in there and it hurts. The needle pin, which it doesn't have, of course, because it would get infected. But uh, other days it's like achy. So I'm just, it, I can feel it from the inside, but to touch it doesn't hurt, which is really bizarre. <laughs>
1: And did the pharmacist uh, speak with you about this, that this could happen, or about any potential side effects?
0: Not a thing, no. Well, let's see, what's the asking? Well, we had to sign paperwork that asked us if we had uh, an allergy to one of the components of the vaccine that was uh, kind of unusual or rare or whatever, and of course, I wasn't aware, so I said no. But other than that, no. Um, I had just read online what to expect, so... When it happened, I wasn't alarmed. And, and, but the fact that it's continued with me, you know, not to the same degree the first few days, but it's just there all the time. And I find that so strange.
1: Would you say that your concerns about sort of these post-vaccine uh, symptoms and lockdowns have impacted any of the relationships in your life? You mentioned um, family members who were not happy with, uh, or who yeah. were insistent that you get the vaccine.
0: Right. Um, well, I've never really shared that with any of my in-laws because they probably accused me of being crazy <laughs> or having a big imagination. Um, my media family know about it. Um, I haven't gone to a doctor because I figured, what are they going to do? They're going to remove the spot or do a biopsy. I mean, my experience is a lot of doctors are just trying to keep the jobs, so they're doing what the What's what's demanded of them, I think unofficially, Um, when my husband asked for, for example, my husband could never take the regular flu shot every year because he's allergic to egg whites, the album and the protein, the egg white, and a lot of, up to that point anyway, a lot of the vaccines for flu, regular flu, I believe involved the use of the egg white, at least the old ones did, so He was never able to take that. It could be a life-threatening thing. His throat would close over. And he didn't know that the new vaccine wouldn't be created that way. So when he went in to ask his doctor for a medical exception, uh, his doctor, who was from Iran or Iraq, said, gave him a story about, well, in my country, a couple of hundred years ago, there was a, a gentleman in charge, their leader, who wanted to have um, marital relations with every single woman in the land. And so everybody just went along with it or their head would be chopped off.
1: And I said, oh, well, that's an interesting analogy. (laughs) That was his response when your husband asked about getting an exemption?
0: Oh, he absolutely refused. He said, no,
1: I can't do it. (laughs) Ellen, what's been the hardest part of all of this for you?
0: Not knowing if it's going to continue again um, or this is going to happen to a more severe degree, you know, if governments are going to work against their populations, I guess, in such a blatant way. I mean, you'd have to be a fool not to recognize that this stuff happens behind the scenes all the time and has been going on since the dawn of man. But the fact that it's it's come out of the closet so blatantly um, and they're no longer even trying to hide what they're doing scares the you know what, out of all of us in our family, I guess. Um, I don't trust taking charge as much as I used to. I was never a naive person who believed everything that came down the pipeline, but I figured there's always a, the truth is somewhere in the middle, but boy, I've gotten a lot more skeptical since, you know, all of this took place in the last two or three years.
1: Thank you, Ellen, and I'll turn it over to the commissioners if you have any questions. Sure. Thanks very much for sharing your story today.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure.